Hello everybody and welcome in. This is Swing Shift with Ryan and Bo. My name is Ryan Bershinger. He is Bo Benson. And on this episode, we wave goodbye to Slam Diego. Yes, the San Diego Padres have been swept by the Dodgers. And Bo has some choice words for some Padres fans. So uh, strap in if you're a Padres fan. But also if you're a Padres fan, I don't know why you're listening to this. It's not going to be fun for you. Uh, we take a look back on the series. We look at some of Dave Roberts' decision-making in that series. And yeah, no, it, it wasn't great. But there are positives that can be taken out of what Dave Roberts did. And we explain. We also kind of make sense of his decisions. And despite what members of the media have been trying to tell you for like months now, Fernando Tatis Jr. is exciting. Sure. Great. Incredibly talented. Not the most exciting player in baseball. It's Mookie Betts. And it's time for people to accept it. We take a look ahead at the NLCS as we take on the Atlanta Braves in a seven-game series in one of the portals to hell, Globe Life Stadium. However, we break down why we now actually have embraced Globe Life Stadium, and thank God, because uh, you're not winning the World Series without doing that. But of course, I mean, should we even be talking about winning the World Series? This could very well be our last episode of the postseason. Knowing our luck, this could happen, but... Looking at things that have happened in this last series alone, maybe our luck is starting to turn around. Ugh. I better not be wrong about that. Anyway, as always, thank you so much for checking us out at SwingShiftRMB on Twitter and Instagram. This is SwingShift! That's fertilizer, says Kemp, over and over. That is fertilizer. San Diego loves the Padres. San Diego loves the Padres. Now let me welcome everybody to the NL West, where the SD Padres about to prove they the best. Dodger fans act hard, but we know you're all pressed. That man, he hopped on the five and drove south when he left. Ah, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's so nuts. <laughs> It's it's such good content. This is what we're all here for. Oh, I to all of you, I apologize for just doing that to you right off the top. <laughs> Everybody needs to know about it. Oh, oh no! It's um, uh, it's truly a treasure. Look, I don't know. We're not. I mean, I guess we're supposed to credit those guys. It, they, I won't. No, they're they they <laughs> they can live with their shame. <laughs> they know what they've done. Some somebody named uh, Rosario uh, at Car- Caruso Caruso Kids. Yeah, and sure, whatever. Dirty rap. Yeah, whatever. No, no one cares. Oh, just got to That's do that just, in case they I, try to sue us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, your shit went viral. That's it's free for everybody That's, to own it's now. Public domain. Yeah, you dummies. Uh, you God. big dummies. When I saw that, so that was a, a Padres rap that these two guys put out on Twitter. And I saw that like a week ago and I thought it was a joke. Like I thought like, you know, it was supposed to be bad. Like it was bad on purpose, you know, like 
but then like people really got into it and like in the mentions on that people are like oh my god this is great this is so good (laughs) somebody from fucking 91x which low-key is the best radio station on the planet uh somebody from 91x was like hey let's play this let us know we want to play this on uh, on on one of our shows and now all of a sudden 91x has taken a step back in my heart uh like oh my god tough 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 scene for these guys here uh you know it's so funny I'm sorry, but the wild card this year, that doesn't count as a playoff series. <laughs> I, I hate to tell you this. So y'all had a victory parade uh, for a basically a regular season series that you yeah. won. Uh, and for some reason, your fan base, who's been literal, you know, just trash, like uh, like garbage for almost, you know, a decade you guys, Padres fans talk the most shit out of anyone on the internet I've ever seen. It's pretty for a team that has accomplished so little, yeah. like, and they were aggressive about it. Mm-hmm. Like it was insane. And so, yeah, to to do this little rap uh, that's very unoriginal and not funny. Like, I mean, if your only fucking joke is like, "Oh, you're gonna get stabbed if you go to Chavez Ravine," uh I invite you to like look directly across the street from Petco Park where there are literally homeless slums. <laughs> like, <laughs> come the fuck on, dude. Just shut the fuck up. It's I I really hope that last night was a humbling experience for them because uh, I think the Dodgers as a team probably felt the same way mm-hmm. given everything that happened this year between the two of them. Uh, so, yeah, please, just no more stupid raps. Just... Except that you're like, <laughs> except that you're not even little brother. You're like the adopted child that they keep in the outhouse because they're embarrassed <laughs> of you. <laughs> and it's such a shame that they went back to those great uniforms this year only to shit the bed once again. Yeah. But uh, my God, that. Uh, <laughs> just, just how do you how do you even live with yourself being a Padres fan? Like. It's just so sad. And like last year when you guys were still ass, like, you know, Chris Paddock run hit runs his mouth. Like he's fucking all this shit. You know, everyone in the media is calling him the next Kershaw. He's talking about pitching in a playoff atmosphere. Uh, I don't believe that Chris Paddock actually pitched in the no. series. <laughs> they didn't, they, they would rather do two consecutive bullpen games than give him the ball. Yeah. Like that is the funniest fucking thing that has ever happened. And I think we kind of went over this last last uh last when we previewed the series or whatever, but I think like the irrational confidence that the Padres fans and the Padres themselves had this year was totally because of certain members of the media, most notably someone that looks like a uh ventriloquist dummy come to life. <laughs> who's cursed until he finds, you know, a new host or whatever. Uh, I think really it was all up to him. And just like, I, I, you know, he, he had a tweet about something about how good the Padres were when they had that two to one lead in the second inning or whatever. And then he didn't have another tweet until the end of the game, which is just, you know, fucking hilarious on its own. Right. But you know, the, the way that everybody in the media talked about the Padres this year 
while completely ignoring that the Dodgers were just flat out a better baseball team should not go unnoticed by Dodgers fans and people in general, I think, in uh, reveling in this NLDS win. This is the only time I've ever actually like felt this way about winning the NLDS. Like, it's just... <laughs> God, just, just fucking know your place, trash. God damn. <laughs> I, it's oh, it's God. the same thing as like the Clippers. I don't want to hear it from Padres fans ever. I mm. just don't. There's there's nothing I want to hear from you. And it, it, this whole like oh well, if we had had Clevenger and Lamont, like oh yeah, okay, maybe you win one game instead right. of getting fucking swept. Yeah, just Jesus, man. That's that's something I keep seeing too. Is people are like, oh, if Clevenger and Lamette were were healthy, it's a different series. Sure, <laughs> it's a different series. It doesn't mean that there's a different result at the end. Yeah, of it. you know, if fucking David Price and Jimmy Nelson had pitched this year, who knows yeah. where the Dodgers are? Like, right? It, 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 it's it's so I just fucking Lamette was trending in California last night after <laughs> after the game. Like, ah, uh, just just cope, just. <sighs> Just an epic amount of cope last night. It was so good. Like we said on the episode coming into this series, people everywhere, Padres fans and national media members alike, were confusing excitement for optimism. They they saw, oh, this team is so exciting. They're shiny and new, so they're going to do incredibly well. But all the while forgetting the fact that objectively speaking, yeah, we're a Dodger podcast, but like, the Dodgers are, in fact, statistically, in every way, shape, or form, the <laughs> yeah. best team in baseball. Did, did you so, see that? Did you see that tweet from the official MLB account ranking the lineups? Yeah, in this in the playoffs, Amazing. and for some reason, the Dodgers were like third, and the Padres were first. Yeah, that's in. It's it's so ridiculous. That's incredible. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's Los Angeles. It is the second largest media market. And the Dodgers are like on the Dodgers are probably one of the best teams ever assembled. This is probably a team that wins what, like 115 something games if there's a regular season. Yeah. Like, how are you not putting everything you can behind them? Why are you getting all your fucking eggs in a basket for this team in this fucking tiny market? Why? It does not make any sense. And now, like, I, I noticed, too, like during the series that like casual baseball observers were just like rooting so hard for the Padres. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? Right. I, it's, it's so ridiculous. I'm glad it's over though. Cause they yeah. fucking lost. <laughs> yeah. As we've talked about in the past and as, and as people in the media harp on major league baseball has been bad at promoting their game and promoting its stars. They finally do it successfully with Fernando Tatis Jr., but they do it in a way where now it's created this mass confusion as to like, well, wait, (laughs) he's the best player. Why aren't they? Why aren't they winning? The most exciting player in Major League Baseball is Mookie Betts. It's by far. It's easy. It's so obvious. We just saw it. Mookie has played fantastically in every game in this series. And, and and it goes beyond just him hitting well and making plays on on defense and and running the bases. He was the one who implemented the idea of the double steal in game two. He was the one who told them like, hey, if we're in this situation, 
we can do a double steal right away, the first pitch. And that made a huge difference in that game. Mookie is making a difference throughout the entire team, throughout the entire organization. And he is so much fun to watch. Every at-bat of his is must-see television. He does everything incredibly well. Why are we not talking about Mookie the same way we're talking about Fernando Tatis? When Mookie already has a track record, he's a world champion, he's an MVP. He is, in fact, the best player in baseball right now. I mean, sure, Mike Trout still exists, but he's not playing right now. Uh, The point is, is that you can still make the argument that Mookie is, in fact, the number one best player pound for pound in Major League Baseball right now. Why are people not talking about him the way they talk about Tatis? I don't get it. And 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 as yeah. you pointed out last episode, like if people are are bothered by the way Tatis celebrates, then you could have it's 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 hypocritical to have ever rooted for Yasiel Puig. And at the same yeah. time, too, like why is it then that on a national level, where people who celebrate at this level have been have have been criticized across the media, now all of a sudden Tatis does it and everything is okay. But of course. The Padres, because they're fun and exciting, when they celebrate, it's fun. It's great. But if one of their guys, let alone Manny fucking Machado himself, (laughs) criticizes a member of the Dodgers for celebrating, are we turning the other cheek on that? Hold on. Like, that was absurd. That was the the funniest thing I've ever seen. There's just, can you imagine how miserable it would have been if the Dodgers had re-signed Manny Machado? Yeah, I am so glad they did not. Mm-hmm. What a fucking dumbass that dude is! I I was stunned. Okay, so like full full disclosure, I didn't really watch the game because I just I get nervous. I don't want to watch. I check the highlight, or you know, I check Twitter. If it gets close, I turn it on. Honestly, I turned it on before the ninth inning. So Kenley's meltdown is probably my fault. Um, <laughs> So I didn't see any of that. I saw the the you know the highlights and shit when it got put on Twitter. Cody's catch was awesome. Uh, he totally deserved. The team deserved to be all hyped up. Uh, I had no idea that Machado had thrown his bat after hitting a fucking you know solo home run off of Clayton Kershaw to make it a two score game. <laughs> yeah, like I I didn't know that. And then when I actually saw the highlight of it, I'm like, holy shit! You'd think this guy just hit a walk off home run in the World Series, right? Like, and yeah, of all people to get mad at celebration, Manny Machado to do it is just so fucking dumb. Mm -hmm. He's such an idiot. He has no self-awareness, zero spatial awareness of who he is. Like, yeah, you don't, as, as a team all year, the Padres had every stupid little dance and celebration. They were pimping everything and that's fine. I don't Mm -hmm. give a shit. Mm-hmm. But you don't get to turn around and pretend to be the fucking Cardinals yeah. <laughs> just because Cody Bellinger robbed Tatis of a home run. You don't get to do it. And I just, you know, honest, like you like you were talking about Mookie, I think one of the things that we saw in this series is just how influential he's been across the Dodgers lineup. Mm-hmm. Like with that double steal. And then Bellinger looked so much better because he wasn't simply fucking swinging for the fences. Mm-hmm. Although part of that is because no one can hit a home run inside that stadium. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they're, they're employing the steel a lot more. They're running the bases better. Mookie is God, just if they had signed Machado, there would be no Mookie bets and that would be a fucking disastrous for this franchise. But exactly. yeah, I, uh, I love Mookie telling them to go back to their dugout 
And I always love that. I love that Muncie is like literally always ready to fight somebody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. Oh God. Um, that moment too, in game two, uh, I came in at the start of that at bat. I said to myself like this right here, this is must must watch television. Cause you've got Bruce Dark Gratterall who throws his, his fastball. It's technically a sinker uh, faster than he has the highest average fastball velocity in the majors um, at at like 99.1, I believe Um, going up against Fernando Tatis jr. Who obviously look, he is an exciting player and he's a very talented player and he's going to have multiple MVPs by the end of his career. If he's, if he does follow the trajectory that he's on, um, but still Mookie over Tatis. It's easy. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I have a, I have an even hotter take if you want to get into it. Well, yeah, in a second, um, yeah. but you've got, you've got Gratterall throwing to Tatis and then first pitch, he hits a dead center and, and Cody with one of the best catches you'll ever see in the postseason. Um, I think somebody said that it was, I, I, I think Justin Turner said that it was the best catch he seen in the postseason, which I do want to recall everyone to Chris Taylor's catch uh, against the Brewers in, in the NLCS in 2018. That was fantastic. Yeah. And that was huge too, because that also did save that game. And it was, you know, bigger, bigger stakes at that point. Um, but I, I mean, Cody's catch was still incredible. And, and just everything about that moment was so fun to watch. It was exhilarating. It could have been, fucking terrible for us but uh yeah, but it wasn't it was fantastic yeah, because exactly. it, went, it went our way <laughs> um now what's your what's your hot take on, on tatis? uh i mean right now the the tatis hype is nice because he's so exuberant and everything mm. uh give me Corey seager oh of yeah tatis. let's go if i'm trying to win a world series this year which is a the goal mm. i think seager was a better just overall player than Tatis was this year. He had a bigger impact on his team. Yeah, I know. And, and I agree. Cause like looking at that, that rankings that MLB had where they put the Padres at number one on that list, you figure the best bat in that lineup is Tatis put him up against Mookie Betts. And you're, you're telling me that he's that much better than Mookie Betts. He's, he's arguably yeah. not. <laughs> Mookie is in fact a, a better hitter. Uh, look at their second best bat, Manny Machado. Put him up against Cody, Corey Seager this year. Seager's been fantastic. He's been yeah. super under the radar. Uh, somehow, it doesn't make any sense, but Corey has has been hitting the ball incredibly well, not only through the regular season, he's been hitting very well in the postseason as well. So right then and there, you're, t- you're saying that Machado is leaps and bounds over Seager, which is ridiculous. And then yeah. you don't even take into account that you have Cody Bellinger and, and Max Muncie, who sure, their numbers were down this season, but they can still do it. Cody had a home run, which is wonderful. You have to hit the ball 580 feet in order to get a home run in Globe (laughs) Life Stadium. So uh, that was great to see. Uh, Muncy, as we talked about in our last episode, like you've got to stick with Muncy because he's getting on base and his his hits are going to come for him. And we saw that this series. Uh, He had a couple key hits. He was was taking walks. Muncy's been stepping up and it's been great to watch. Uh, AJ Pollock's getting getting hits, which is wonderful to see because uh especially after yeah. last season <laughs> anything that he does is a blessing and it's great yeah. to see him getting hits right now and you have will smith clobbering the ball and after oh, just yeah just absolutely destroying it that's just i you just listing all those guys there like 
I just I'll never understand how the Padres had the top spot in that fucking yeah thing. Like even the Yankees, give me the Yankees lineup instead of over the pod. Like what are we yeah. doing here? Yeah, what are we, absolutely how stupid. Mm-hmm. And you could make yeah. the argument for the Braves lineup over the Padres as well, which we'll, I think we'll so, get into yeah. soon. Yeah, um, I I do want to say in in defense of Fernando Tatis, uh, after watching a series at that stadium again. Uh, Chris Woodward is that that's the Rangers manager, right? Yeah. Yeah. He is out of his goddamn mind to get mad at Fernando Tatis for celebrating hitting a home run in that ballpark. <laughs> that is true. That is, that is the single greatest feat of human strength that I've ever seen in my <laughs> life at this point. That is <laughs> Jesus. That stadium um, is awful. I believe I saw so in game one, that stadium hurt us. The game one should have been like 12 one. And honestly, oh, no, I think like every single one of the games, the Dodgers had like four or five balls that would have been out any other stadium. And yeah, uh, Muncie hit one 400 feet in that game and it was an out. Uh, I believe AJ Pollock hit one to the track. Uh, Corey Seager hit one to the track. Even Kike hit one to the track in that game. And like all four of those in a normal stadium could have been home runs. Uh, so in game one, it did kind of hurt us, but I think we can start to make the argument that playing in this park actually is going to help the Dodgers moving forward. Um, 100% because all of a sudden we've seen in these last couple games, the small ball Dodgers come out, um, where they're getting hit in game two. It was kind of a little bit of devil magic hits here and there where you're like, Oh, this is what yeah, it's like. No, to be a and giant that's fan. fine. I'll, I'll take <laughs> it because we never get that shit. Exactly. Exactly. Um, which, which really does bode well for the future because when shit like that is going on, you're like, okay, okay, maybe things are going to go our way this time. <laughs> like, um, and, uh, and in game three, it was just a lot of, uh, consistent hits. They didn't hit a home run in game three, right? I, I, they did not. I don't, only, I don't believe so. Cody Bellinger hit the only home run of that series for the Dodgers. Yeah. They I'm, have like, I think they have like two home runs in the postseason. Yeah. Um, which is uh, obviously that's unlike the Dodgers because they led the majors in home runs throughout the season, but now they're playing in this vast expanse of a ballpark where <laughs> this is what you have to do. This is, this is the way in order to score runs. And this could, in fact, help the Dodgers because now they've got three games under their belt in this postseason in this park. They did play in this park in the uh, in the regular season as well. Now they get the Braves coming in who have not played in this park yet. And uh, uh, well, you know, we hope to God it's not the Astros in the World Series, but also kind of a little bit because the Astros are the worst teams left of of the American League teams. Yeah, um, I, I fucking I think once they leave. Once the Astros stop playing at Dodger Stadium in the middle of the day, I think those offensive numbers are going to dip. Yeah, it's it's really what it is, is like, again, the casual fan who doesn't watch baseball doesn't understand how fucking the ball flies at Dodger Stadium in the middle of the day. Yeah, like so whatever. I don't care. And, you know, I'll eat my words, but fuck the Astros. (laughs) But I, I would. I'll say right now that if the Dodgers played the Astros in the World Series this year, the Dodgers would beat the shit out of them. They should. There's no. Yeah. Way, there's no way. Um, there's they. They'd carry so much extra fucking motivation into that series. Yeah. No. They. They. They should pretty easily. It's, but the Astros. The point I was making is that the Astros are the only team that's left that has played in Globe Life. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, the World Series is going to have fans in attendance. 
in the state of Texas. So yeah. like this is the yeah. one time where actually the fans at the game will probably be actual Astros fans and not <laughs> people booing the shit out of the Astros. Which I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I think uh, I think there's a lot of people that are going to buy tickets to go to those games just to go, and you're going to see a lot of people boo them. That's what I hope. I, I just, yeah, I mean, uh, fuck. See, now this is this is your fault. You mentioned the Astros, and now I'm just upset. <laughs> I cannot I cannot believe that they are fucking allowed to take this nobody believes in us narrative and run with it. That's so bad. Rob Manfred should be castrated in public. <laughs> Did it's you such s- bullshit it's I, such bullshit i cannot believe that they did not get any kind of like postseason ban do you know how bad it is going to be for this sport if the astros make it to the world series oh and somehow God, it's win? horrible it I will, would be I'll, absolutely I'll, horrible i'll never i'll never watch baseball again yeah I'll, i i i just won't do it i couldn't do it it's bullshit because like i don't know sports talk radio hosts will have a circle jerk for a week but otherwise after that all all the uh loyal baseball fans are gonna be like no fuck this this is ridiculous like I, yeah and so no, i it would be it would be such a fucking stain not that manfred has any you know clean legacy now yeah. but i he would he, he would go down as the worst commissioner of any sport all time and i think that's including all the commissioners that were super fucking racist <laughs> back in the 1910s <laughs> I would still rather have like uh, fuck man I don't remember who I don't remember his name but like the first baseball commissioner that was like ah, I don't think so about black people playing a sport <laughs> well, I would probably would... still have him above fucking Rob Manfred at that point Was that Kennesaw Mountain the the guy who they just I took his so, name yeah. off of the, the uh just fucking took his name off the trophy How does the... that shit always take so long to happen Right I, I had no idea that was the name. I think it was the MVP trophy. I and I, I had no so, idea yeah. that that's what the name of it was. It's it's some trophy that has uh, multiple times been handed to an African American man and been like, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, this tro- the name on this trophy. He really didn't want you to play this sport, but uh, here you go, bud. Oh God, that, I, I'm sure it's for a reason why we never knew that was the actual name. But then eventually, kind of, they tried to very quietly just kind of like go in and erase the name off and be like, uh, uh, we're taking <laughs> this guy's name of, off now. Yeah, you, just, you catch, uh, you catch uh, Rob Manfred in there just rubbing it off with some <laughs> alcohol or something. Oh, good. You're in 2020. We're finally removing the name of the guy who refused <laughs> to integrate the sport, <laughs> who yeah. wanted to keep the sport segregated. That's uh, okay. Well, Sure. I, I guess, you know what? At least it's happened now. At least they took it off now, I guess. Um, they should put Frank Robinson's name on it. Like, that would make a lot of sense. He's the only guy to yeah. ever win it in both yeah. leagues. Unless Anybody else. Yeah. Anybody else. Yeah. Um, put Matt Kemp's name on it. Yeah. <laughs> put Matt Kemp and then put uh, 2011 on there and actually just give him the award. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. I'll never believe. I cannot believe that shit. Oh, God. That'd be good. Um. The fuck were we we're talking about the Astros? God damn it! That, this yeah, is I, yeah, yeah. There's been so much that's happened in baseball, and you know, Padres you, got Padres got their shit punched in. I saw like what the other day again the Astros Twitter account like it was Carlos Correa hitting a home run, and yeah. they're like, oh, paint a mural of this. Do you yeah. think? Do you think that the person? who runs that account do you think that the job interview was something along the lines of like here's a bunch of puppies whoever can kick the most of them <laughs> in a minute gets yeah this job. no uh see i think what the astros did is after they got exposed for cheating um 
Jim Crane and uh, Jeff Luna, all those guys, they really got into the dark arts. <laughs> and I believe they summoned the spirit of John Wayne Gacy <laughs> and asked him to run their Twitter account. Uh, and so far, it's going great. You know, he's just he's killing it. They're doing so good, uh, just endearing themselves to baseball. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all all uh, everything's going good. I actually uh, I, I helped out our good friend Rob Parker this week recording his uh, his podcast. Uh, yes. And he had a short little interview with uh, Ben Ryder, who, if you remember it, because I can never forget it now. Uh, Sports Illustrated had a story back in like 2015 or 2014 about the 2017 Astros winning it all and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Thinking about that story, it just it triggers my PTSD. <laughs> and, you know, like it should be banned for like any reference to the Astros as any kind of like positive organization should just be banned. Like I, I, a competent commissioner would have just folded that franchise. Yeah. That I don't see how that's not the ultimate result. Like what they did is so much worse than anything anyone else has ever done in baseball. Like I don't give a shit that Barry Bonds stuck a needle in his ass to make himself hit more home runs in a season than anyone else had before or whatever the fuck he did. Uh, you know, cause he still had to go out there and fucking perform without knowing what was coming. The, the Astros completely fucking demolished everything. And now because Manfred is too much of a fucking dumbass to do anything about it they're on the verge of going back to the world series and they get to ride this whole narrative all the way about how nobody believed in them and how they're the villains and they're the bad guys and they're feeding off of it and it's stupid it is so stupid i'll i i just it's you know how bad it is if the yankees win today i will fucking root for the yankees to win a series (laughs) that should be that should be criminal yeah it's insane. I oh my god. There was some article, I, I think it was Yahoo or something, uh, where they like laid out like the best possibilities for a World Series matchup. And they said that what would be best for baseball is if it was a Padres Yankees World Series. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you, are you Padres, I'm sorry, Padres Yankees? Yeah. Yeah, they I said just that blacked that out. Was, Is that what you said? Yes, yeah. That that yeah, was my, the best possibility for Major League Baseball was a Padres Yankees World Series. Did they have like did they have like an NFL writer that needed something to do? So they just <laughs> asked him to write about baseball and he's never actually seen the sport in his life? Yeah. Saw a couple of ESPN highlights of Fernando Tatis and said, Oh, How, gotta, gotta get this I guy mean, in the World Series. Yeah, no. I, anyone with a pulse would know that the Dodgers and the Yankees in the World Series is the second most desirable World Series for baseball. Yeah. Behind only somehow the Yankees and the Red Sox playing in the World Series. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's just, I, yeah, no, I, I know. this is the, the negative <laughs> of the, of the many negatives that have happened in the year 2020. Uh, jamming all these sports into one time frame is probably the worst because it's just created this mess of stupidity. <laughs> just, oh, God. <sighs> yeah, Padres, Yankees, everybody's tuning in to watch that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Got to get that rematch in 1998, man. Got it. Yeah, the, the year that no one can forget, 1998. <laughs> really the most Which, memorable year of all time it's, it's, it's also, two years before the year 2000 and that's that's what we like about it isn't it incredible too that 1998 in baseball is like the year of the home run chase with mcguire and sosa and then out of that the padres got to the world series 
<laughs> I'm sure uh, baseball loved that too. That was yeah, no, they definitely yeah, no, uh, because the Padres before this year have always been one of the uh, long-standing marquee franchises. So it makes total sense that Padres Yankees would just be the most desirable matchup you could get. <laughs> The Yankees swept them in that series too. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I would, Jesus. I would, I would venture a guess that the Yankees would probably sweep these Padres as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what we did. <laughs> that's an yeah, hour, half hour into the the episode. Yes, we will address the fact. Yes, the Dodgers did sweep the Yankees, and uh, not the Yankees, the the Padres. I wish. That'd be yeah, cool. that'd be nice. Uh, um, see, it's just you know, nothing of note happened in that series beyond. Uh, Beyond Kinley Jansen almost shitting the bed. Other than that, it was just a fucking good old fashioned beatdown. Yeah. Because the Dodgers were a better baseball team. Yeah. So, and that's probably what we should discuss now is uh, we've we've highlighted all the 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 positive stuff. We also, I I, I don't think we mentioned how. Uh, yes, I was mentioning earlier that Will Smith is crushing the ball. He should have hit two home runs in game two, uh, but you know he was just consistently crushing the ball, and that came to fruition in game three as he hit five hits, which is what the first Dodger ever did five hits in a in a postseason game. Yeah, I think so. It's something like that. Um. That's wonderful. That's it is. It is truly great to see. I do want to mention that Austin Barnes has played well. Actually, he's had good at bats. He's been uh, getting on base. He's he's he got like you know two hits in in each of his starts so far this postseason. Um, and his defense in that ninth inning when Kenley Jansen and and Joe Kelly were both pretty erratic. Uh, the fact that like he didn't allow a single ball to get past him, which would have changed the entire complexion of the series, uh, it was truly impressive. So it is it is great to see that Austin Barnes is playing well. He's not hitting the ball as well as Will Smith is, but um, he is he's still uh, played better catcher than Austin Nola in the series. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> get their ass, yeah. get them. <laughs> um, so we're in a good spot there. Thank you. Yeah, I. It's so funny. Like, I, I don't care who fucking hits the ball. Just hit the ball. Yeah. I don't give a shit who it is. I, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. Just if you fucking hit the ball and put it in play and good things happen, then you're fine. What, and, whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And we saw that a lot in this series, which is, which is wonderful. It's all boding well going into the NLCS. But we should definitely talk about what happened with Kenley Jansen in the ninth inning in game two. So, um, disaster class is what that was. Uh, it starts out 6 3 going into that inning, and Kenley comes in. And at first, his velocity was was back up, not necessarily to normal, but to 2020 normal for Kenley. He was hitting 91 with his cutter, he had good lateral movement. The problem was, is he got to two strikes with every battery face, he got to two God. strikes, and he could not put them away. Um, which is a problem that we've kind of seen with Kenley throughout the season. Uh, he's struggled with missing bats, which is not ideal for a closer. Um, and it's gotten to the point where, yeah, I hope, and I was, I was telling Bo this during the game and let's, let's take a step back and think about this. This was ideal. Is it not? (laughs) Well, you want Kenley Jansen at this point to either a return to form which he's not going to because yeah, him think, and his entire uh, yeah. family had coronavirus over the <laughs> uh, coming into this season. He now looks incredibly labored coming into every outing, which 
if you are somebody who still thinks COVID is a hoax or it's overblown or um, the the possibility of, uh, of of long lasting conditions is is not something that concerns you, look at Kenley Jansen, <laughs> look at him. He yeah, is exhausted I mean. every time he pitches, and and he, and that's been something that he's had in the past. Like he does sweat a lot. He's a big dude. But he is he Jesus. is there. I'm just saying he's I'm not, okay. I'm not calling him fat. I'm saying he's a he is a larger person than he's a professional athlete, goddammit. He's a big he's man. Um he he does he, he does look labored a lot of the times when he pitches, but now it's like right away. The second oh, he no, takes he, the mound. He enters the game and he's uh he's pouring sweat. <laughs> he's already that, gassed. The, the trot from the bullpen to the mound is just like a, a 4K, 5K marathon for him, whatever. And uh, like no, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. <laughs> yeah. And you know, he did just have a respiratory illness a few months ago, and that could still be affecting him. And if it affects yeah. a professional athlete to that level, yeah. Wear your goddamn mask anyway, which is <laughs> <laughs> um, side note. And I mentioned this on Twitter. AJ Preller. What the fuck, dude? He, have you you've seen? Did you see his mask that he wears every day? It's like no, what is it? it's like a cloth diaper that like is hanging off of his face. It never for one second covers. Oh, his yeah, yeah, yeah. Every you time they yeah, show no. the shot of him, he's always adjusting it. And like, dude, that it's not hard to find. It has like his mask has a crease in the middle. So like it's designed to be like like a piece of armor almost where it's just like blocking your face but it's not it dude it, 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 come on <laughs> like what the fuck what are hey, you man, doing you know, anyway it's it's tough this uh, is stupid uh, it's you know, a man who's smart enough to be a gm of a baseball <laughs> team can't fucking figure out a way to have a mask that fits him Kinley Kinley's so weird because I do think I think we both have mentioned that like he's probably, you know, still struggling with the COVID stuff. Mm. But also he's just not looked good since 2017. Mm. I think it's just I think he's just I think he's just washed. Like I think that's all there is to it. I, I think 2017 was his last best hope. And we just, you know, didn't cash it in. And it's unfortunate, but uh, I do know that if I ever see here see him enter a game in which the Dodgers do not have like a twelve run lead, uh, I'm gonna be furious. <laughs> it's it's just he's he's too much like Brandon League at this point. Like you do not feel safe with him coming into the game. You just don't. You you don't at all. And it's it's sad because I liked liked Kinley, you know, past tense being the key there. Now I, I can't fucking stand him. And, and, you know, he's a nice dude. He's His family is wonderful and great and all that stuff. But sometimes you just uh, you just don't got it anymore. And I, I just don't think Kenley's got it anymore. Pour one out, man. That sucks. But uh, next man up. I um, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't go. Yeah. I don't think he's turned into Brandon League uh, entirely. I... I, I and I'm not saying use him in the ninth. I don't. First of all, I what the point I was making is that this was ideal in the sense that like he failed just enough. Like he yeah, failed no, a it, lot, but not to the point where they lost the game. <laughs> and my, uh, and, and Dave, if Dave, Dave, man, that's the problem is that Dave Roberts needs to change his mindset about Kenley Jansen, which I understand. the The thing with Kenley Jansen is like. He he gave this team what 
most closers are incapable of doing. A lot of closers really are only good for like a two or three year period max. Uh, the reality is, and so the reason why Kenley, you know, got that like five year deal once his his contract was up is because he showed. Uh, the ability to be a closer for a long period of time in his career. And that is something that is incredibly rare to find. There are not many people like that. You know, you've seen Craig Kimbrell's career is already dead. Uh, (laughs) It was, it it was shot. And, but before him, he was, he was really it. Um, Aroldis Chapman is still doing well. He's still throwing gas, but he has his issues on occasion. And this is natural. Like this is, this is natural for a career. You know, Mariano Rivera is never going to exist again. The reality is I'll say this, like Kenley is in fact, the closest thing that people have to Mariano and Trevor Hoffman at this point, because he, he, he has that long of a period of track of success, which is very, very rare to find with closers nowadays. Um, but the problem is, is that Dave needs to change his mindset and realize that putting Kenley in these situations is dangerous because he is not a sure thing. He's he it's been a while. I, I agree with you in the sense that, like, he's not been that sure thing really since like 2017, but he's still been effective since that period of time. He's I wouldn't, you know, put him out to pasture and. Well, I wouldn't put him out the pasture. I would just put him on a plane and send him anywhere but Arlington, Texas. <laughs> um, like, Kenley, I, I, uh, you've been selected for a magical vacation to Disney World. Yay! <laughs> I I think that, like, he is... It's hard to say that he's still usable because, like, he he got those two outs at the end of game one and, and he was effective there. Um, he was able to, to convert a save in in the Brewers series. So like he he can get outs, but he shouldn't be used in high leverage situations. No. Um and well, even and with what... a three run lead in the ninth like that, I think that Dave put him in that situation because I think that's that's honestly the highest leverage that he feels comfortable with using Kenley in. And I think that that's a good sign because he shouldn't be using him in a one-run game or even a, a two-run game. A three-run game is pushing it, as we saw. It was yeah. it, it's it's really as far as his leash can go at this point. That's the I there a couple things. What the hell was Dave Roberts doing? A, you should probably start warming up a new reliever before you want to start, you know, thinking about putting uh, putting them in the game. I don't know. Maybe that's something that Dave should think about and try. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little foresight. <laughs> but also, why was Joe Kelly the first guy out of the bullpen? Yeah. Did Jake McGee die? Right. Apparently, because like, he didn't even pitch at all this series. <laughs> like, what? How is that? What? What? Sir, I would have rather had Dylan Floro. Mm-hmm. Than fucking Joe Kelly. Yeah, I I think that the I think the rationale was you wanted a guy who can miss bats in that situation instead of inducing contact, um, which is McGee. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that's exactly. Like, so yeah, um, <laughs> what and, are we doing here, man? Yeah, and I think that that's him putting too much stock into 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 splits when the reality is I think Jake McGee has reverse splits this season. Um, and and with Floro, um, he's effective. But if you're looking for a ground ball in that situation, I think I think it was really about 
trying to find somebody who missed bats and yeah that that inning was terrifying and it was it was insanely anxiety inducing i just i yeah i cannot i cannot believe they got through tatis jr and machado without giving up uh at least a couple doubles yeah that's in it's insane and you know what we deserve that luck it's finally our it's it's finally uh it's finally our time yeah and then of course fucking you know the the guy the Padres paid 144 million dollars for just uh, just meekly grounds out into the shift or wherever it was. <laughs> just, oh. That's right. The Padres are never going to escape this. You guys yeah. talk too much shit. We're going to laugh about you yeah. for a long fucking time. God, <laughs> you fucking dweebs. It's so funny too that like you know Eric Hosmer, oh multi-time Gold Glove winner. Um, yeah, misplayed okay. the shit out of a play at first base. So and, many. I like uh, in almost every single game. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, dude. And like fucking Tatis and Machado were like two for like four for 30 something in the series. Or yeah. Some shit like that. They like, combined for four hits in, for the yeah. entire series. Will Smith in, had MVP. five <laughs> in game yeah. three. Dodgers uh, scored more runs in the, the last fucking game than the Padres did in the whole series. Yeah. Just just an absolute joke. Just this, just the stupidest series. <laughs> also, like watching Tatis play shortstop, obviously, like everybody was like drooling over. Oh, he's so great defensively and all. Um, that dude, when he would throw to first base, it's like he was trying to murder Eric Hosmer. <laughs> no, yeah, he he's too. Tatis is going to be a great player, but my biggest concern with him is that like he he lets the moment get to him a little too much. I think like. Mm-hmm he's always so worried about making the highlight play and all that shit. Like the, the one that yesterday he scored the run on or, you know, like the Dodgers scored the run on, like that was an amazing stop. Yeah. But like he, like Hosmer should have tried harder to dig it out, but like Tatis's throw was terrible. Yeah. It was really bad. It wasn't good. He's just, he's, he's, he's a great young player, but I feel like the way people talked about him this year, maybe it got to him. I think but so. But it's like he's not he's not Mike Trout yet. Yeah. But you had people like already waiting to just put him right there with with him. This and idea like, said, like he's not he's not even Mookie Betts. Like right. what are we doing here? The, this idea of like the Padres have the swagger. Like that was that's something that people like to say. Oh, they got the swagger. You know, they got this this cocky confidence about them where they um and they pimp the shit out of home runs and they they have fun on the field and all that. That the idea of swagger is so overrated because you can see how it bites a team in the ass, like it just yeah. did with the Padres. Where like you get, you get into your own head when you start yeah. fucking yelling at the other team for celebrating yeah. a good play, and then and like just even like on the field with like Tatis like trying to play with swagger, where he is is gunning a throw from the short. There was a ground ball. Uh, I think it was Cody put it into play, and Cody's fast. Um, so Tatis like tried to rush the throw, and he was he was straight up trying to take Hosmer's head off. And of course it went past him. Like, like he, he fired the shit out of it and it went past Hosmer because uh, I don't know. He's a gold glover. Uh, that's weird, uh, man. You know, you know what, <laughs> you know, what has been good about this. We've been talking for 40 minutes now, 45 minutes now yeah. about this Padres and the Astros. I don't think we've mentioned the Braves. <laughs> no, no, we haven't. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, we should we should get into that now. I think just to to wrap things up with Kenley, um, I think the important thing is, like I said, Kenley failed just enough in that game where yeah. I think the idea now of what Dave Roberts has to do with him 
it has to be shoved down his throat. Dave is, is very, he's very old school in his, in his ideas of bullpen management. And that hurts a lot of, uh, that's been hurting us in the postseason a lot. Um, you look at the way he did manage game three. And I think that um, everybody was bewildered by what the Dodgers were doing in terms of their management of game three. I, I also was, but I think I understand it now. And in hindsight, obviously it did work very well, but what they did is they had Dustin may start, but technically they were just using an opener for Julio Urias, um, which has seemed to work well for Urias because he does have those issues in the first inning. And maybe this workaround does in fact work because he's not having those same issues in the first inning when he comes in relief. Uh, maybe it is literally just the first inning of baseball games, which is which is weird. It doesn't exactly follow logic, but um, there is a different way that you prepare for a game if you're a starter. So maybe that that's uh, that's what his issue is. But they used May as an opener in that game because you know, bear in mind he did throw 27 pitches in game one, and I think they were looking at him possibly you know throwing more pitches again in game five of that series. Uh, but again, when you're when you're up 2-0 it doesn't entirely make sense to manage for game five. So that obviously was quite yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, May's stuff in his inning was not completely sharp. He looked much better in his first game in his first outing than he did in this one. Um, his, his two seamer was a little bit all over the place. He was kind of, he, he wasn't hitting his spots as well as normal. So I think what the idea was is you start with may and have him attack Tatis and, and Machado to start the game. The rest of that lineup was heavily left-handed. Yeah. So then Dave goes to Kolarik, who's very effective against left-handed bats. And he just, he, he didn't have his sharpest outing, but also he got screwed on a, on a pitch that should have been strike three and it was called ball four. Um, and then another run came in on a ground ball in the infield. And so yeah, like, Seager, Seager fucking yeah. blew that one. Yeah. So the strategy was actually not that bad because then you turn it over to Urias and you granted this, this strategy only works if Urias is able to throw four or five innings, which is what he was able to do and did so yeah. very effectively. Um, so in hindsight, like I get where the strategy was. Um, I, if you're throwing a fit about, you know, computers managing this game, first of all, we want a computer to be managing the bullpen instead of Dave Roberts. Yeah, like, no, that, yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> that's, Come on. that's my biggest, that's my biggest issue with the whole thing they did yesterday is like, why in the world would you ever want Dave Roberts to have more control over who's entering the game for the bullpen? That sounds yeah. terrifying. Right. No, thank you. Why would you ever want Dave Roberts to be making more bullpen decisions? I'd rather not. Yeah. But like, like you said, like, the plan, the plan can be perfect, but it's still up to the guys to like execute. And then, you know, sometimes things don't go your way, mm-hmm. but you know, it doesn't, whatever they got through it. Who cares? It's, it's such a minor footnote in, in the grand scheme of things. If they win the world series, no one is ever going to look back and be like, man, yeah, you know, they won the world series, but whew, what were they doing? Starting Dustin may, and then going to <laughs> choleric in game three of the NLDS. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, like I, I think that that kind of wraps up. <laughs> Fifty, that, you know, that's up, so. yeah. Like uh, <laughs> I have nothing but respect for the Braves. I think it'll be a fun series, but I don't think there's anything particularly compelling about it. I think it's like 
I think it's kind of like a video game where like you get through the first part of the game and like there's, you know, the same enemies and then you get to the next part and there's the same en- enemies, but they're just a little bit stronger this time. And maybe <laughs> they have a new attack. Yeah, that's that's just what I look at when I see the bra- the, the Braves here in this series. Their, think- their lineup is is just as good, if not better than the Padres. Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, better pitching. But I mean, the Dodgers are just the Dodgers are a machine. And I think it's hard for us as Dodger fans to kind of like accept that they're legitimately probably the best team in baseball. But like they are. Yeah. I, there's, I don't think there's any way around it, especially after they just curb stomped the you know second best team in the National League the way they did. So I, yeah. I have no uh, I have no strong, 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 strong opinions on, on the Braves. I think it'll be a fun series, but I, I just think the Dodgers will win in like six games max. That That's what I was thinking. I, I was going with Dodgers in six as well. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a very the the video game analogy is perfect with the Braves. They are essentially the Padres, but a little bit stronger. Um, it, looking at offensively, I I do think that their offense is is more threatening than the Padres because I think they go deeper. Um, yeah, and they have the actual NL MVP probably in their lineup. Right, exactly. Ronald Acuna, I, we kind of forget about Acuna was my pick for NL MVP coming into this season. Uh, his game is very similar to Tatis. So uh, attacking him will be very similar to that. If anything, a little more difficult because he's a little more polished. He's he's had a little more experience. He's just as talented, if not more so. Uh, Freddie Freeman, who I, if you want to talk about like crazy narratives this season, Freddie Freeman had such a bad case of COVID-19 coming into the season. He thought he wasn't Fuck, even going to play. That's right. He was yeah. the one that was praying that he didn't die. Yeah, like he had a horrible case of it. And he said, like, you know, his his family, like, barely went out to it was just a a freak thing where somehow he contracted it. And he had such a bad case where he thought he wasn't even going to play this season. Um, He might very well be the NL MVP after all that. So, like, that's that's wild. And nobody ever mentions that. Uh, That's really impressive. Uh, So Freeman is is, you know, a monster in the middle of their lineup, obviously. And then they, I think they go deeper with guys like Ozzy Albies, Dansby Swanson, Marcelo Zuna had a very good season, and and he's he's been he they get to use him as a DH now, which works perfectly for him. So yeah. uh, he's been hitting very well. Uh, Adam Duvall's hit hit he hit sixteen home runs this season. His uh, his power, you know, he, he like he came on the scene with the Reds a couple years ago, just hitting a bunch of homers. Then he went to the Giants and he was bad, and now he's good again. So that's fun. Uh, I think. Uh... I think the one thing that is interesting to look at and like, obviously you can only play who's in front of you, but you know, the Braves got to play a bunch of just bad teams Mm -hmm. throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, I think the West this year was a much more competitive uh, area in terms of like teams that made the playoffs and teams that, you know, you had to play against even the teams that did make the playoffs. There are still a lot of, better teams in the in the western half of the country than there were in the eastern half yeah. and i mean like we said like the reds i think the reds were kind of fool's gold at the end of the day like their pitching was great and all that but they apparently could not buy a hit to save their lives yeah and i'm sorry but the marlins just 
biggest fucking joke to ever make the playoffs yeah that was that was absurd and also it's it's very funny that the cubs lost to the right exactly anyway. it's it's perfect proof of how stupid this uh, that that first round was where anybody could win a three-game series that's exactly what the marlins did the marlins were able yep. to beat the cubs in a three-game series they had no place being in the playoffs they weren't very no. good the uh the the pedro martinez incarnate Sixto sanchez gave up four runs in like three innings in game three against the braves and <laughs> And then that was kind of it. Um, they had, I think it was game two is when Yemi Garcia had to come in in a high leverage situation and gave up a bunch of runs, which was like, yeah, you know, I, I can't believe that a, uh, can't believe that a Don Mattingly led team lost in a playoff series. <laughs> I, I watched that what and I'm shocker. like, yeah, this was having Yemi Garcia be your best reliever throughout the season was going to bite you in the ass eventually. Like yeah. he, I think he didn't give up a home run during the season and then gave up a home run to Travis Darno in that, in that inning, which yeah, of course, because that's all he does. Yeah. <laughs> it's which, that's a, uh, a duel of former Dodgers too, by the way, Travis Darno, who had a very good season for the Braves this year, slashed a line of 321, 386, 533. Um, he, <laughs> He had one at bat for the Dodgers in 2019, yeah. if you remember that. Old friend, still counts. It <laughs> still counts. Former Dodger. Still counts, uh, baby. Just so funny. The Mets like released him and then the Dodgers picked him up because why not? And then he he played and he had one at bat and then they uh they sold him to the Rays the where Rays, he actually right. had a good season the rest of the yeah. way. It's all right. We don't need him because we have Will Smith um and Austin Barnes. So uh yeah, that I mean that rounds out their offense and in terms of their pitching, I think an interesting thing to note is uh we look at Max Fried who was thrown into the Cy Young conversation this year and in terms of traditional stats, yeah, 7 and 0, a 2.25 ERA. Um but if you look into it a little more, he's got an FIP of 3.10, so he had a little bit of luck throughout this season. Uh a whip of uh 108, his uh, K per 9 is 8. So he's not missing a ton of bats. In fact, pull up his, uh, an interesting thing to see is that he's, he's in the 44th percentile in K rate, uh, and, uh, 41st in whiff percentage, but 98th percentile in exit velocity, 98th in hard hit percentage, uh, 92nd in barrel percentage. So like Max Fried does not miss a ton of bats. He's just been inducing soft contact, which now he's going to this vast expanse of Globe Life Stadium where yeah. contact is key, right? That's the only way that you're going to score. You're not going to rely on the home run in this ballpark. It's just about making contact. So Freed is coming in and you you look at him and you you see his, his traditional numbers and you see he's the ace of, of the Braves. And I, I don't think we should be that concerned about facing Max Freed because you just got to make contact on him. And uh, with how big that outfield is, uh, if you're able to get some line drives, you're just able to keep it off of the ground through the infield. You you can he's he's uh, he's vulnerable, I, I think. And yeah. the rest of that rotation is Ian Anderson had a strong season. He's 22 years old. He's a he's a good young pitcher. But um, for the most part, you know, they had to toss out uh, uh, Kyle Wright in game three, who did not have a very good season. Uh, that that's kind of what the rotation looks like. Uh, you, you might even see a start from Josh Tomlin. So who I believe is also technically a former Dodger. I think he was like, I think so. Yeah. He was Maybe. the, yeah. 
he was in the, the yeah I the one point. yeah like like I said like I I have nothing but respect for the Braves as a team but I just you know think the Dodgers are just better which I guess I sound like a, a broken record because mm. I think I said the same thing about the Padres without the the respect for them because I have none at all <laughs> zero but yeah. I yeah just I don't, I don't know man I don't know man as we as we record this we're uh, we're two hours out from the Lakers trying to win a title and just you know. I don't know, it's it's just tough. It's tough for us to accept. I think that the Dodgers might just be a really fucking good team. I know. Like, I, wait, you know, in that ninth inning in Game Two, I was just like, oh, okay, this is like this is the moment where it all falls apart for this team. Like, that's where we've always been. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's what we've always known is like there's just one specific moment in the game where like everything falls apart and then nothing goes their way. But it it didn't it didn't fall apart. Like things actually went their way. Uh, and now the hope is that it continues to go that way, yeah. right? Because uh, that's that is the concern is that things could just fall apart in any given moment. But I, I think that the things to point to in terms of being optimistic is the fact that the Dodgers have already adjusted to this ballpark. Where in the past, uh, the the common criticism of them in the postseason has been it's too heavy reliance on the home run ball. Uh, they there's kind of swinging for the fences sometimes, which is just the way the game is now. But uh, that has bit them in the ass in the past. Now we're seeing a lot more just solid contact, singles, doubles, uh, lucky ground ball. Yeah. Grit get them on, grind. get them over, get them in. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh. And uh, I, I think that that is a huge difference. The fact that like situational hitting is in fact, being seen a lot more from this team right now, and they're adjusting to this gigantic ballpark that is going to help this team. And it is a reason to be optimistic. The pitching has been strong. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, you know, he gave up three runs in six innings, which like is not a stellar outing, but it's still a quality start. Nonetheless. Yeah. I w- yeah no, I would actually argue that's, that's kind of a fine playoff start to yeah. me. Like, yeah, playoff. I, people will have this warped opinion of like what playoff pitchers should do because like Madison Bumgarner was just so insane in that one mm-hmm. playoff run. Yeah, but like you know, there's really not any good postseason pitchers. The good postseason pitchers are always the guy that just has a random, really fucking good game. Yeah, and then meanwhile, you've got big names like Kershaw and Verlander that or Scherzer even. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's just it's the playoffs. Shit happens. It's such a small sample size. There's any. Any number of things that could happen, like whatever. Three three runs in six innings, that's that's a fine playoff start in my book. Yeah. I'll fight anybody yeah. over that. Absolutely. No, yeah, he I so I'm not I'm not concerned with him. Like the the rest of the pitching staff, Kenley really is the the biggest red flag. Um overall, I thought guys performed well. Dustin May does look really good. Uh, he, obviously he didn't, you know, he didn't have his best stuff in game three, but um, I think being able to rely on him for a couple innings, it, you're fully comfortable in doing so. And Julio Urias has been uh, tremendous throughout the yeah. season thus far. Uh, it's a it's super important. It's going to be interesting to see what they do now, where this is a seven game series where if it goes seven games, they're going to play seven days in a row. So, uh, yeah. So I think what prognosticating. A, what a- what a cheap fucking shot by baseball to not yeah. tell anybody that that was going to be the case before the trade deadline. I know. Um, it's like, it's going to be interesting to see now how you manage a pitching staff with that in mind. Cause you'll probably Bueller will probably go game one again and Kershaw will go game two. 
And then after that, um, you now have to kind of figure that anybody you start after that has to go bulk innings. Um, and this is where I'm going to say something that I don't feel great about, but I think Alex Wood needs to be on the roster for the NLCS. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up, folks. Uh, <laughs> I'll see y'all later. I'm done. I, I'm out. How dare you? How? <laughs> I was having such a good day. We are two hours away from the Lakers trying to win a ring, uh, and you got to bring up Alex Wood. I, it's what the hell is wrong with you? I know the the problem is is like that you have to make sure you have enough pitching because I, I Terrence Gore's uh, presence on the bench is really nice. He also hasn't been used yet. Um, Matt Beatty. Oh, oh, there was a weird thing where you know Edwin Rios was left off of the roster for the for the division. Well, yeah, series. we all know why he hurt his groin. <laughs> Um, and that's that. Yeah, you figure that it has to be an injury with that. It wouldn't make any sense otherwise. I'm hopefully he, he's good to go. Um, if he's not a hundred percent, then he shouldn't be on the roster. I get that Matt Beatty is there technically as the third catcher, um, which also feels very weird. Um, but you know, if it allows them to DH Will Smith when Barnes catches Kershaw, then that's fine. Um, hopefully Beatty never has to play catcher, but you know, you gotta, you gotta live with it. I I'm trying to find a way to get him onto the rot. I don't, I don't want to put Alex Wood on the roster, but the thing is, is like, this is a seven game series where if you're potentially playing seven days in a row, we just saw a bullpen game used in game three of a five game series. Like you have to make sure that you have enough arms and like, hopefully this the ideal scenario is the Dodgers go up like 10-3 in one game in the fifth inning. Then you just bring in Alex Wood and have him throw like three innings. Hope that he only gives up like a run or two. Yeah. And that way you're just you're you're burning those innings. You're not having to use other guys for those innings. You're preserving your arms a little bit. Granted, Wood hasn't been fully stretched out this season, but he could still very well you go for, you know, three innings in case you need that. Uh, I don't know. I'm just I, mad now. It, yeah. I'm just, I'm just angry. <laughs> Fuck, man! What the hell? I mean, it could be, it, it could be, you know, Josiah Gray instead, uh, or you know. Mitchell yeah, no. Wilson. Someone, someone suggested that on Twitter, and I think, uh, I think John Weissman got really snippy with them. So <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Damn it! Um, All right. Well, you know what? Now that you brought up Alex Wood, I'm just upset. Can we, can we not talk about baseball? <laughs> God well, damn it! Uh, Maybe I, you know, I literally just thought about like Alex Wood entering the game with like <laughs> you know Acuna at bat and Freeman on first or something like that, and I'm just I'm already maybe, sweating like I'm panic sweating. Maybe, maybe David Price can opt back in, into the season, and then we'll be. That'd fine. be such a baller move. Can you imagine? Be <laughs> so good. David Price opts in, and all of a sudden he just comes out and he's like just fucking flamethrower. <laughs> God damn! Um, no, okay, well, I, I'm back in the happy place now. Yeah, actually, that's yeah. Cool. Look, I don't, I don't like the idea either. I'm just saying, like, if they do it, it, it would kind of make sense. You, you can, yeah, you know, sometimes, though, you can just keep thoughts tucked away in your head. And... <laughs> oh, God. I thought... Ugh. It's Halloween, man. It's, uh, mm-hmm. ugh. It's, it's spooky. I mean, they didn't use Tony Gonsolin at all in, in the... Th- no, which I thought was curious, but okay, yeah. sure. I, I think that... 
I'd, I'd like to see him start game three, I think. I think that that would be good because um, you're not putting him in a potential elimination ser- scenario. But he's also he's a starter. He could throw multiple innings. You, you're going to need a starter in the third game of that. You can't do a bullpen game in game three no. of game series with no days off. So uh, so I'm going to assume that Gonsolin pitches game three or maybe May is used as a starter in, in game three. And I mean, obvi- like, I think that's ideal. Probably, hopefully it would be, you know, Bueller one, Kershaw two, then like May three, Gonsolin four, or you can flip them and, and just use Julio as a long relief guy. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's ideal. Yeah. I, again, like trades are a two way street and you can never control what the other team wants. But man, I just, I don't know. I think, I think Lance Lynn would have been such a nice addition. Right. And also but, now now playing in Texas so much, you understand why Lance Lynn had such good numbers. This oh, season. yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, very much. Very <laughs> yeah. much the case. Yeah. Uh, OK. OK. All right. That's a, you know what? It, it's time to give the people what they want. That's right. Can we please talk about uh, comic book movies? Yeah, I'm just raring. I'm just I'm fired up. Yeah, we we've we've only talked sports on our last couple episodes. We, yeah, we what can, the hell is this? We can we can put a bow on this one and <laughs> and, and talk some <laughs> Spider Man. Hell yeah. yeah. Okay, so we know that right now for Spider Man three in the MCU, Jamie Fox is going to return as Electro, <laughs> and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch will be Doctor Strange in, in Spider-Man 3. And if you connect the dots, and and the dots are gigantic, so it's very easy to connect them. Uh, obviously, before Spider-Man 3 comes out, Doctor Strange 2 will come out. I believe that's the order, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, yeah, I think, uh, I think that might have been the idea, but who fucking knows yeah, now? Yeah, at this point, whatever. Um, but of course, Doctor Strange is called a Multiverse of Madness, and it's being directed by Sam Raimi, who directed the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. So it's very natural to assume that they're about to unleash the entire Spider-Verse into the MCU, which is, I think, a great thing. And I'm sure that Disney and Sony also both love it because it gives them both an excuse to, to hang around as long as they can, where now Sony can continue to own everything Spider-Man and Disney can continue to just use it in the MCU. It kind of, it's a perfect agreement for everyone. um, And it brings Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire (laughs) back into the Spider-Man universe, which will be fun. Yeah. I, you know, I'm cool with it. What it it actually, my interest in that whole series has waned so much. Like they, I think they, they got screwed so hard by the pandemic because there's just no, there's no hype behind it, behind it anymore. Yeah. So this is kind of cool and we'll see. I'm not, I'm not super keen on this idea of like Dr. Strange opening up, you know, portals to the multiverse and mm. fucking like Tobey Maguire coming in and all that stuff. Cause like we already have that in, into this, in the Spider-Verse movies. Like the, I, I don't know if it's necessary for live action, mm. but if we get more of Alfred, Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus, I'm cool with that. Uh. And also, like, you know, maybe it'll make Venom a little more interesting if they can use Spider-Man in some capacity. That's true. Who knows? But also, Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange is, like, one of my favorite things about the MCU, so I'm, I'm totally on board with that as oh, a yeah. thing. We'll see. It, maybe, you know, maybe they uh, maybe they keep knocking it out the park here. Who knows? I, it, 
it'll be interesting if Doctor Strange like takes over for Tony Stark in the grand scheme of things and mm-hmm. is like the focal point of these stories. And if they're going to start exploring like the more magical side of the movies, then that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Seems like seems like that first phase was all about like the technical, the technological marvels. So if they want right. to. They want to start doing more cosmic stuff. I'm on board with that. It's interesting, too, if they like make uh, Doctor Strange sort of the new Tony Stark, because they were definitely like setting that up with with Tom Holland, Spider-Man being being the new Tony Stark. But like, I think that the uh, the sort of doubts in terms of all the shit with Sony and everything probably made them reconsider that. So, uh, yeah, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is the next best thing. Um, I think so. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And I think that in general, obviously, uh, having Sam Raimi doing an MCU movie is great because it guarantees that now Bruce Campbell is going to be in the MCU. (laughs) I'm all for it. I would just, dude, if they're going to really do this multiverse thing, just make Bruce Campbell or uh, make him like an alternate universe Mysterio. Oh, that they did that in like, I think the Spider-Man two video game. I think he played Mysterio. Oh yeah. And it was great. <laughs> so like, that's what I, I would just do that. That's and I, I totally, I started that thought completely forgetting that Jake Gyllenhaal already played Mysterio right. yeah. <laughs> in, these, <laughs> in these movies, uh, um, which is just shows the complete disconnect that I have from, uh, from that at this point. I remember Bruce Campbell was the narrator in, in Spider-Man two, the video game, but he probably could have also been Mysterio. I think he was, I think I remember him being Mysterio. Uh, I'm, I'm super game for Raimi to direct that movie. As long as they like, let him be himself. That's always the biggest issue with like these Marvel movies is they get like, they can get big names, but they very rarely let them actually like, have their own imprint on the movie yeah like that's that's why a lot of these movies like they get up and comers like uh was it ryan fleck and anna Bowden for captain marvel mm-hmm. who make like who've made like really good movies i think they did lars and the real girl or something like that yeah. something with ryan gosling that was super good uh-huh. but then they like make them kind of just direct like the most cookie cutter film they possibly can but then you know sometimes with a guy like taika waititi they let him make you know the movie he wants to make and usually yeah. those are the best ones, which, mm-hmm. you know, you'd think they'd get the fucking hint there. But yeah, <laughs> same with like uh, Ryan Coogler for, for Black yeah. Panther, which is that's a that's a that's one I don't even want to think about. I know that's no clue what they even do. God. No clue what they even do there. Uh, Good luck figuring that one out, Disney. That's that sucks so much. Yeah, um, yeah they I, do. I even like want to entertain the thoughts about it like it's it's terrifying but like it's it's just so depressing <laughs> it's and so it's, sad it's, i there's nothing you can do like you can't film like some cheesy funeral scene because it's just gonna come off as stupid and of course like i'm sure the reddit nerds are gonna write their own fucking you know oh this is how they should do it and it's just gonna make me want to fucking drink bleach yeah so yeah, yeah no, i'm oh my god speaking of drinking bleach can i uh, I got to tell you something that I saw. Okay. The, uh, you know, you know, uh, the, the famous punk band dead Kennedys. You ever <laughs> yes, heard of those of guys? <laughs> yes. Uh, their Twitter account is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> the, the band that did like, you know, fucking Nazi punks fuck off and like, you know, California Uber Alice, uh, they've just gone full blown boomer grandpa Twitter memes. It's bad. <laughs> I 
I have no will to live. I saw their account and it tweeted like they had the picture of Joe Biden holding a fly swatter. And I just immediately lost all will to live. Like <laughs> there's just no reason anymore. I, I can't do this shit, man. How, 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 why? No, not, no, nah. no, 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 no. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> oh, giving myself a headache just thinking about it. Huh. That's all God. right. Well, I think it's about time we wrap this up then. Jesus, um, man. We- <laughs> uh, Hopefully by the time you all hear this, the Lakers are uh, NBA champions. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get absolutely fucking smashed tonight if that's the case. <laughs> Probably will do it anyway because if they lose, I'm going to be just as depressed. But uh, I've got a feeling that they're not going to lose this game. I don't know. They should be all right. I think. Yeah. If uh, if LeBron James loses a closeout game wearing the Mamba jerseys, uh, he can join Kenley Jansen on that plane. <laughs> oh God! Well, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully tonight they take it home. And uh, the Twitter is going to be such a disaster tonight if the Lakers win it all. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going right for uh, I'm going right for our good friend Brian Finley. Oh, good. Good. The the Clippers Padres fan. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely been having a rough go of it. But poor um, guy. Yeah. It's all right. Some someday. Someday he'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Oh God. Well, hopefully, uh again, hopefully this is not our last episode of the postseason. Hopefully we get to do a World Series preview. Hey, That'd you know, it's a seven game series. We might even get a we might even get a mid game a mid series status report. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm going to, you know, uh, in great irony, I'm going to San Diego next weekend. <laughs> oh, well, see now you can do it. You can go gloat. <laughs> I know. No, staying in Carlsbad, so we'll probably go down uh to the downtown area maybe one of those days. Check it out. Oh, there see. you go, man. There shouldn't be anybody around, so that'll be nice. <laughs> just be completely empty. Um, those who are around are just just crying as they walk. Uh, it'll it'll just be like in the scene in Anchorman, where when Ron Burgundy is just walking around drinking milk in <laughs> Balboa Park. <laughs> uh, that that should be good. Uh, that, that that should be good. Um, we love it. All right. Well, until next time. Hopefully. We'll have a good old fashioned World Series preview on our next episode, or not? Or yeah, I mean, you know, any number of things could happen between now and the next time we record. Like, we could just be living in a you know leaderless republic or something That's like that. Right. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, the, I will the just odds say that are not zero. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it usually takes ten days for uh, coronavirus to really get nasty, and I think we're coming up on uh, eight or nine today. So. Mm. Fingers crossed, baby. Steroids are a hell of a drug. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> Dude, oh, it's been. Oh, OK, we got to. Yeah, no, we'll we'll talk about this. Uh, not going to not going to alienate our fan base. Right, right. 
I'm sure. Our our, our adoring fans. Yes. <laughs> Baseball only, guys. Come on. <laughs> Baseball only. A little bit of Spider-Man. All right. Uh, <laughs> until next time. Until hopefully the World Series or, you know, until never again. Uh, this is Swing Shift. My name is Ryan. He is Bo. Follow us on Twitter at Swing Shift RNB on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are a top 10 Dodger podcast, according to a robot. That is that is not a that's, lie. No, that's true. That's 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 big facts right there. There's a real URL that lists us as the 10th best Dodger podcast. And we're coming slowly for moving one. up, I'm sure. Yes, we're, we're going to burn down the Oral and Joe podcast. Oh, <laughs> easy. Easy. Overtake them. We are the kings <laughs> of this medium. Oh. All right. Uh, until next time, y'all uh, enjoy the NLCS or not. Do what you need to. Yeah. Have some beers. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, get wild with us. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.